You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Hey gang, yesterday, 24,746 votes cast on the daily poll question at Smirconish.com. What sparked all the interest? This. Would Michelle Obama make a strong presidential candidate? Douglas Schoen, who served both Bill and Hillary Clinton, was here yesterday to talk about, expand upon his Wall Street Journal editorial on exactly this subject. He doesn't really think it happens. I definitely don't think it happens. I noted yesterday that the betting markets, at least predict it, does not even chart Michelle Obama at this stage. Maybe they'll begin to do so after yesterday's conversation. But it's fun nevertheless. I don't think she's got the interest. I don't think she has any kind of fire in the belly. But I was asking Would she make a strong presidential candidate? And 60.28% of those who responded said, yeah, she would. Today, and I'll play the audio for you later, do you agree or disagree with Elon Musk, who said, remote work is bullshit and morally wrong? Remote work, yeah, not for him. But I want to begin the program today with a second crack at the Durham report, because this will be Durham redux, at least according to me, because yesterday I came on air and I said, I'm halfway into the report. I knew that it was a big story. I intended to mention it in passing, but many of you, the callers, were very eager for conversation about the Durham report, and I felt a little bit ill-prepared because I'd not yet finished it. I have now finished it. I want to offer a couple of thoughts about it before we do anything else. Of course, it's a Wednesday. It means that Mark Halpern will be here in the second hour of the program. So lots of politics to follow. Um, My thoughts in no particular order. I think that the Durham report was worth the six point five million dollars. That's the first thing that I want to say, because in many in many of the stories I'm reading and these are taking such a. Uh, a partisan direction, unsurprisingly. But many are saying, oh, and, and you know, it, it cost $6.5 million or it resulted in no convictions. Like nobody's scalp is being held accountable and all that money got spent. I think the money was well spent because I find that Durham tells a complete story about the origin of the investigation into Trump for potential Russian collusion. The report is dense. It's fully cited. It's got footnotes. It's got names and dates and context. Uh, It's a hard read. 
it's a very hard read because, I mean, one skill that I've developed over the years, because as I like to say, I read for a living, is that I'm, I'm a pretty darn good speed reader. But this thing is so, so easily will it take you into the forest and you will lose track of the trees. I think that's how I'd want to say it. And yesterday I said at the outset, and some of you disagreed with me, but I, I want to double down on my observation. It is a Rorschach test. I mean, on one hand, you've got people, and I don't know how many have really taken the time to read it, and I'm not being critical of those who haven't read it because it's a hard read and it it requires a serious investment of time. But among those, how about this, who are reporting on it, on one hand, I've got those who say it's a nothing burger. In, in fact, I'm looking at a headline from the print edition of today's New York Times. This This accompanies the Charlie Savage column or analysis. After years of political hype, the Durham inquiry failed to deliver. And yet, on the same day that I'm looking at that in the print edition of the Times, here's the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal. It's a damning account of the corruption of the FBI and its accomplices. Well, which is it? Because if it revealed corruption within the FBI and its accomplices, I would say it didn't fail to deliver. It did deliver. The truth is usual, according to me, is somewhere in between. It's it's nuanced. Lost on most because of the time that it requires to become knee deep and acquainted with what it is reporting. My bottom line is that the investigation of Donald Trump for potential collusion with the Russians surrounding the 2016 campaign, that it lacked sufficient basis for its initiation. And maybe that would have come. It did not come from the Steele dossier. I mean, to to spend time with the Durham report is to realize that that timeline just doesn't add up. Uh, Donald Trump had said that the FBI opened an investigation in July of 2016 based on the so-called Steele dossier, but the dossier didn't reach the investigators until mid-September. No, it was our old friend George Papadopoulos who was the the sort of the root, the beginning of the investigation into possible collusion with Russia. It was the FBI investigating in, in, based on a tip from an Australian diplomat. Remember this whole story? Papadopoulos explained it to us himself. I had him here as a guest. I struggled to say his name correctly. As a matter of fact, George Papadopoulos, of course, wrote a book. It's called Deep State Target. It was in 2019 and... We are dropping it today. I haven't I, I haven't had the chance to go back and listen to it again, but I want to, and I want all of you to have that opportunity. So look for my release today for a book club podcast. This is exactly why I have a book club podcast, because I've got this remarkable inventory of material. Papadopoulos' version, you want to hear it? Look for today's book club podcast. But the FBI opened the investigation based on a tip from an Australian diplomat that it was Papadopoulos, this low-level Trump campaign aide, you know, from a time when Donald Trump couldn't attract anybody who had credentials or a known name to play a role in his campaign. The Trump campaign aide who seemed to have advanced knowledge that Russia was about to release information damaging of the Clinton campaign. And in the report, Durham criticizes the FBI for relying on the diplomat's tip without asking more questions about the credibility of what the Trump campaign aide, Papadopoulos, had said. 
Durham also acknowledged that there was no question the FBI had an affirmative obligation to closely examine what the Australians had provided, but he thinks they jumped a gun. The, the picture that emerges from Durham's report, again, this is according to me, I'm going to tell you how others see it in just a second, is that so many players in the process were just too eager to believe that Donald Trump was a bad guy and they ignored the norms that would typically apply in such a circumstance. Was it partisanship? No, he doesn't document partisanship. Not necessarily so, but bias? Yes, a bias against Donald Trump and a confirmation bias among all who were involved. You want a a paragraph that kind of sums it up? It would be this one. Our investigation, this is from the Durham report, our investigation also revealed that senior FBI personnel displayed a serious lack of analytical rigor toward the information they received, especially information received from politically affiliated persons and entities. This information, in part, triggered and sustained Crossfire Hurricane and contributed to the subsequent need for special counsel Mueller's investigation. If I had to sum it up in a nutshell, that would be it. Okay, so Michael, as usual, says the truth is somewhere in between. It's nuanced. It is not a nothing burger on one end, nor do I see it as a damning account of the corruption of the FBI and its accomplices on the other. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. So how are others seeing it? Okay. So from the aforementioned editorial of the Wall Street Journal today, John Durham's final report makes clear that a partisan FBI became a funnel for disinformation from the Hillary Clinton campaign through a secret investigation the Bureau should never have launched. And then 
in the editorial of the Wall Street Journal, they, they break it down by subheadings. First, that there was no basis for the investigation. The FBI lacked, quote, any actual evidence of collusion, unquote, between the Trump campaign and Russia when it violated its standards and jumped over several steps to initiate a full investigation, including probes into four members of the Trump campaign. The pretext for the probe, a random conversation between unpaid Trump advisor George Papadopoulos and an Australian diplomat was so flimsy that FBI agents complained it was, quote, thin and British intelligence was incredulous. The FBI opened the probe without doing interviews, using any standard analytical tools, or conducting intelligence reviews, which would have shown that not a single U.S. agency had evidence of collusion. That's the journal editorial quoting from, where noted, the Durham report. So to investigate a presidential candidate based on barroom talk alone, this is me speaking now, totally unjustified. Another subheading of the Wall Street Journal today on the Durham report, bias. The Durham report makes clear that partisan hostility played a role in the probe. The report cites a clear preposition. Pardon me. The report cites a clear predisposition to investigate based on prejudice against Trump and pronounced hostile feelings by key investigators, including former agent Peter Strzok and former FBI attorneys Lisa Page and Kevin Kleinsmith. Let me step out of that. Bias against Trump? Yes. I think that's pretty darn clear from the Durham report. Is it political bias? It's not that they're biased against Trump because he's a Republican or perceived as a conservative at that time. It's just that they didn't like him. They didn't like, And they thought he was a, a no-good Nick. Um, There's another subheading of the Wall Street Journal editorial, Double Standards, instances in which the FBI was concerned that agents of foreign governments were seeking influence by donating to the Clinton campaign or Clinton Foundation. Yet in one case in 2014, the FBI dawdled over obtaining a warrant from the secret FISA court because, according to the agent, quote, they were pretty tippy toeing around HRC because there was a chance she'd be the next president. And something else that's really significant They gave a Clinton representative a defensive briefing, meaning they brought Clinton world into that which what they that which they were looking at pertaining to Russian attempts to get close to her campaign. They never gave Trump such a briefing. Why? Well, they didn't trust him. They didn't trust him. Um, Former FBI, former CIA director John Brennan briefed all this material to President Barack Obama, Vice President Biden, Attorney General Loretta Lynch and Mr. Comey. Yet the FBI ignored it and it ignored exculpatory statements by Mr. Page and Papadopoulos in secret FBI recordings. Uh, The Wall Street Journal also noting today the press corps, an all too willing accomplice to the collusion con, yet there's been little to no outrage or even self-reflection at having been played for dupes. That's the gist of it. And then they go on to note that Durham in his report isn't recommending wholesale changes in guidelines or policies because the FBI ability to fulfill such responsibilities comes down to integrity of the people who take an oath. Instead, the answer is not the creation of new rules, but a renewed fidelity to the old. That's true. That's what he says. Okay, so that's the Wall Street Journal, you've, you've heard my take. 
You've heard the Wall Street Journal take a damning account of corruption of the FBI and its accomplices. Now let me give you a, yet a third take. This is the Washington Post lead editorial today. Durham's investigation reveals nothing except a broken process. It begins this way. John Durham has, at long last, released his report on the FBI's 2016 Russia probe, which conservative conspiracy theorists once anticipated would expose a deep state scheme to undermine then-candidate Donald Trump. But despite some commentators' efforts to portray the actual result of the four-year investigation as damning, the reality is that the Justice Department special counsel uncovered next to nothing. When then-Attorney General William P. Barr appointed Mr. Durham to investigate the investigation of Trump-Russia ties, Barr appeared determined to uncover a vast plot on the part of government officials who could be criminally prosecuted for their misdeeds. Instead, Mr. Barr's hand-picked special counsel confirmed only what the public had already learned in a previous report from the Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz. So nothing to see here. We've heard it all before. A lot of wasted money. And where are the scalps if there was something? And then one more paragraph from the Washington Post, and I'll feel like I've I've done a better job at presenting what the Durham report is all about to you from a variety of perspectives. The Washington Post editorial today has a paragraph titled The Upshot. So here is their summary in three or four sentences of a dense 302 page report. There were flaws in the FBI's handling of the matter, especially involving dubious Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, FISA, applications to surveil 2016 Trump advisor Carter Page. But they flowed from confirmation bias rather than politically motivated misconduct. Though Mr. Durham continues to disagree that it was appropriate for the FBI to open a full investigation rather than a preliminary one, He makes no finding that doing so was prohibited under agency rules. There was no involvement by the CIA, National Security Agency, or other snoops, and there's no reason to send anyone to prison. Indeed, the special counsel faced two acquittals in the cases he developed and a guilty plea resulting from a referral by the Justice Department's Inspector General. And then there's reference to the cost again. So what has this $6.5 million process accomplished? Plenty, but none of it good. Even now, conservatives are seizing on Mr. Durham's report, which contains indignant rhetoric that suggests dramatically more wrongdoing than its substance backs up to assert a deep state plot. The probe's very existence during an election cycle already served as a talking point for Mr. Trump's allies who promised time and again that Mr. Durham was going to lay bare the crime of the century. Okay, he did not, stepping out of this final thought, he did not lay bare a crime of the century. There need not have been convictions flowing Durham's work, in my opinion, for this to have been a worthwhile project. If he couldn't find political bias and came to that conclusion for $6.5 million, that in and of itself is worthy. He did find bias, confirmation bias of too many people with too much responsibility, all too willing to quickly assume, yes, Donald Trump did something wrong here, and we should have a full-fledged investigation based on bar talk. I'll, I'll just underscore what I said, I think, a few moments ago, which is maybe that evidence would have come. But Durham's finding, and I think it makes sense, is 
At the time they launched the probe, they didn't have enough to go on. They were all too willing to believe that Trump had done bad things when they just didn't have proper evidence to back it up. Maybe when the Steele dossier arrived, although they should have they should have picked it apart uh, and other developments would have emerged, there would have been justification, but not when they had it. Not in July of 2016. All right. Thank you for allowing me to get that off my chest. I don't know that I persuaded anybody of anything because it seems like everybody is all so dug in on the Durham report and frankly, probably without having spent the time to read it. Uh, But if you're inclined to do so, yesterday's newsletter at Smirconish.com had it posted and we all learned yesterday that, yes, we do archive the newsletter and you can go and look at what yesterday's links were by looking at today's website. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. First in Caldwell, New Jersey. Hello, Virginia. There you go. Greetings. Good good morning. How are you? All Um, right. Great advice to everyone. Download the the app. uh, Excuse me. Download the document. Read it yourself and come to your own conclusions. I hope everybody does that. I wish there was a lot more of that. In this information age, we can access just about every anything and make our own judgments rather than relying on someone else telling us what to think. It is a dense read. It is not like uh, cruising through the novel talk, if I might recommend a good read. But, uh, yeah, it's it's heavy. It's heavy. But it's all there. That's why I that's why I just think it's important that it all be recorded and all be laid out and be footnote and cited and. You know, there it is. If you, you want to go back and, and understand what transpired to launch the investigation of Donald Trump, there's a six point five million dollar record of it. And I think it was money well spent. It's a, a great thing to promote critical thinking and uh, 
and uh, careful reading. And I, uh, I applaud well, you. So part thank you so of, well, much. Virginia, truth be told, thank you, Virginia. But, but truth be told, I, I went home a little embarrassed yesterday because I hadn't finished it. People were more knowledgeable who called, or so it seemed, than I was. And I, I just wanted to make sure that I was on top of it. Now I feel better. Floyd, greetings in Mississippi. Hi. Hey, Michael. This is a nothing burger, and I can prove it. Nobody's going to go to jail over this. Nobody's going to lose their job. Tony Bobolinsky said this best when he talked to Jim Biden. He says, how are you going to get away with this money laundering? And Jim Biden said, what? Do you remember the two words? Plausible no, I, deniability. These listen, guys are crooks. Your metric, Floyd, is – but your your metric, and it's one that's being embraced by a lot of people, is to say, well, how many indictments flowed from it? How many convictions were there? I, I don't think that's the proper measuring stick. I mean, he he investigated one. how how this all began, and, and, and it's entirely possible – I think he makes a credible argument – that there was not – there was not illegal activity involved, or at least that he can prove, but nevertheless, bias played a role. And they, they jumped the gun and launched this investigation before they should have done so. Maybe ultimately there would have been more justification. Of course it was illegal. They shouldn't have done that. But nobody's going to get in trouble because these people are professionals. They yeah. know how to cover their tracks. I know, I'm gonna, but I'm going to say it for the third time. Nobody need get in trouble for this report to have been worthy, in my opinion. Greetings to Wilford in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Hi. Yes, sir. Um, there's three things I want to point out. Tell me. You, you, can't play, you can't place too much importance on the Washington Post's review. All of these magazines got Pulitzer Prizes, uh, media I mean, for, for writing this article, this non- event so many and they're not going to give them back so how can you rely on washington post to give any credence to the durham report if so they'd have to say oh we reported in error none of them are going to do that so almost all the mainstream media is discredited because of the because of the stances that, that, that they took number two the fisa warrant is a tribunal of secret judges they misrepresented to the tribunal judges about the dossier, the factualness of the dossier, that's all done. To me, there's a fraud there that should be prosecuted. The last thing that you can't minimize is that they destroyed Michael Flynn and others. Michael Flynn was an exemplary military career officer. He gets out, and they set him up, and they take him down. The only reason why he pleaded guilty was because they were after his son for an unrelated matter. And they said, if we don't, if you don't plead guilty, we're going to get your son. I so, think the guy. There's a the, lot of yeah. things that you, you're missing here. Okay, I'm uh, done. Okay, all right. I'm I miss. It's a it's a 302 page report. I'm I'm doing the best I can to summarize it in 16 minutes, which is the time that I think that it took me. I was going to say the person. I'm not sure about Flynn. I'm not sure about Flynn. I, uh, Flynn. I don't want to. I don't want to let that pass and then have the audience believe that my silence is. Uh, consent and agreement with what you just said. The person that I think was done wrong, to go back to your FISA point, was Carter Page. Carter Page is the guy, Naval Academy graduate, who was done wrong in this whole process. And yesterday I went back and forth with him and I tried to cajole him to come on the program today. And he said he's got an appeal pending. 
uh, of uh, litigation that he filed, and it's, the timing is not right. And that's probably all that I, I should say. But I, I really wanted him to come on. He's been a guest here in the past and explain from his standpoint how it feels to have this report now in the public domain. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Hey, welcome back. It is No Mo May. Read that story posted at Smirconish.com. Are you cutting your lawn as you normally would? Or are you trying to set up a pollinator garden instead? No Mo May is what it's called. Dateline Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Read that story. I'll talk about it later in the program. I don't like Hi, guy. Well, I'm on there. It's, it's on Let's there just if listen. you got one more Let's photo. Just listen. Nope. I love it. I love I it. Yes, because yeah. I've even got, I've even still have the original sticker and everything on the oh. cover. Yeah. It's got a sticker? Is it a, guy, is it a, is guy, it a light and round sticker? Oh, What's beautiful? Hey, guy. You're making me yeah. nervous. Right. Hey, guy. I'll let you know. Okay. Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Guy, are you talking up. about a Smirconish lightning round sticker or a sticker of a different yes, kind? Yes, I am, because here's, here's what I wanted to say. The yeah. problem with the Durham report mm. is that... He would not get a fair trial in Washington, D.C., and we've already know that, you know, D.C. is made up of 96 percent Biden voters. Uh, Biden voters are no matter how bad they're in a they're in the Biden bubble. They're not going to they're not going to vote for against um, uh, Biden or anything else. And so Durham gave up. There's just no way he's going to get a conviction. Where are you at a gun range? What's going on? I'm totally distracted. Yeah, I'm at the Gulf Coast Clays uh, shooting range. I knew I heard draft. that. Yeah, good for you. you are you, you, are you come like? Come and join me. I would. I would <laughs> like it. I would like. So you're already on the range. I mean, I can hear it in the background. No, I'm. I'm sitting in my car. I was. I had called in as I was driving down from <laughs> Bonita Springs down to the Gulf Coast. I always listen to your show, buddy. <laughs> Do you hear this in the background? It's hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> what else, uh, guy? I'm just first. curious. Like, what what else does your day consist of? So you you got up, you had breakfast, you listened to me, you're going to the shooting range. Where's lunch? Well, <laughs> back on my on my pool and I where I do uh, my work. Right. <laughs> An afternoon spent on the lanai. All right, you're having a good life. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay. When, TC, when do I get to do that? When, Come when on. do I get to? Spend the afternoon Michael. on the lanai after going to the shooting range. Yeah. It's up to you. That first time in 10 years, uh, you know, we've caught people on the phone in the, in the, in the, in the, in the drive-thru, uh, you know, hanging at home uh, in the store, but at a gun range, that's a first. Yeah. That was awesome. I think that, I think that probably was. Larry, greetings in Durham, North Carolina. Hi. Hi. Yes. Just wanted to make one. Comment on the Durham report, uh, a point I think you're missing, uh, and it goes to the Mueller investigation, which, as you'll recall, they requested lots of documents from the White House and were stonewalled, of course, by the Trump White House on that front. So the Trump administration had an opportunity to clear their name, to show the FBI was going overboard, et cetera, but they refused to cooperate with the full investigation. So we only have part of the story. And the Durham report really, you know, doesn't add much to that. I, I think it's important to remember the Mueller investigation was not able to get uh, a lot of documents from the White House. Well, please don't misunderstand me if you think I'm giving Trump clean hands. 
because that's not where I'm coming from at all. I think you, you have to acknowledge that if you accept the recitation of the facts presented by Durham, that the investigation should not have begun when and how it did. That's pretty much the, the you know, the soundbite, the takeaway that, that I have. But I'm not here to tell you that, that Trump, remember the meeting at Trump Tower, and gosh, I can't even remember now who was in the room uh, at a time when someone said, I'm going to bring you dirt on Hillary. Would you like to take the meeting? Yes, we're going to take the meeting. My God, that was such a big narrative for a while. Uh, there are all sort of nefarious things that surround Donald Trump. But in this instance, initiating an investigation of a presidential candidate based on barroom talk involving an Austra- uh, Australian diplomat uh, was too thin, to quote the very intel people who were monitoring it. Diego, hi, you're in Louisville, Kentucky. Go ahead. Michael, you know why I'm not going to read the Durham report? Because there has already been an independent IG report, the Mueller report, and a bipartisan Senate report that all say that there was predication for this investigation. So why do I have to take the Durham report as an end-all, be-all, when there's three other ones that say otherwise. And Durham was handpicked by Bill Barr, not the most down-the-middle type of guy. He has his bias of his own. I think that he, he makes a pretty solid case. I can only tell you as one who invested too much time in it. Uh, and if you don't want to read it, that's okay, as, because nothing's going to move the needle here anyway. Nothing is going to move the needle. It's, it's not going to be the Wall Street Journal perspective. It's not going to be the Washington Post perspective. And it's not going to be Michael's perspective, which is that, as usual, truth lies somewhere in between. Hi, CT. What did you most want to say? Yeah, the, the Durham report has a central problem in that it doesn't seem like it takes into account what was publicly known at the time. Uh, Eric Trump, had, by that time, Eric Trump had already said that they get a lion's share of their money from Russia, the, the Trump organization does. And Trump was a, a candidate who had never been vetted by the government, at this point, never has been vetted by the government. And from the perspective of the investigator, if you if you get it wrong, what's the worst that would happen? If you get it wrong and Trump is actually a spy or has spies in his organization for Russia, then that that could be the end of the country. It could be catastrophic. So you, of course, you do the investigation. You do as you get as much information as you can, and then if you're wrong, you're wrong. But you want to cover your bases in the worst case scenario. But there was, if you look at it carefully, thank you, CT. If you look at it carefully, there really does appear to have been a double standard in terms of the courtesy that was given to Hillary Clinton and to people around her, not given to Donald Trump. And I know half of you are saying, well, that's because she deserves more courtesy and didn't have the record for untruthfulness. And then the others of you are going to say, whoa, what about the bleaching of her, uh, you know, of, of her server and so And round and round it goes. The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right. 
a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.